This is an ode to blackness, to black women, to vulnerability and to visibility. And in the words of one of my heroes, the resilient and prolific Miss Audre Lorde, I have come to believe over and over again that what is most important to me must be spoken, made verbal and shared, even at the risk of having it bruised or misunderstood. That the speaking profits me beyond any other effect. I am standing here as a black woman, and the meaning of all that waits upon the fact that I am still alive and I might not have been. This is a platform to magnify the voices of the ignored and the unheard. So please join me on my journey of speaking up and speaking truth. This is Speak, and I am Kaya Coleman. Welcome back to Speak. So today's episode, well, first I said I was going to do an episode about like celebrities and media and my issues with how they're representing my community. But I'm going to pivot because I had a really good conversation with my Neo Bazzi a couple days ago for like hours, bro. And we talked about so many things. But one of the things that we talked about was our identity um, as black people that have grown up in America. Bazzi's Nigerian-American and I'm Panamanian-American. So there are different experiences, but we still both grew up in America. Um, So we had that same, like, kind of identity crisis growing up. And she brought up the fact that we really do not know our names. So I'm going to talk about that. So shout out to Bazzi. That's what this episode's about. Um, So we don't know our names. That really hurt a little bit. I think that's one of the things that white supremacy did that will always mess with me the most is ruining our identities so much because if you like growing up example when other kids are doing like family tree type projects and things like that and then they turn to the kids that are black American and we're like well it kind of stops here at great grandma sorry like I, I don't know what to tell you like I don't know where I come from beyond a certain point it was always awkward. Meanwhile, Emily over here can go back to the 1600s, you know? Like, it's just, that never sat right with me. Because it just erased, like, the core of what you are, basically. Because in order to know yourself, it's important to know where you come from. And a lot of people in the African diaspora have no idea where they come from, beyond a certain point. So that as a kid growing up number one that's already the background two my name's kaya it's really not hard to pronounce if you have common sense in my opinion it's four letters there's a name called maya looks the same sounds the same like i don't know why it's a struggle but growing up with that name for some reason was hard for white people and so i had to answer to kayla Kristen, kaya it's Kaya, like it's really not that hard. So I'm already battling with that name. My last name comes from some slave owner at some point. So don't really have that. (laughs) I'm one of the only black people here. And 
I'm like, I think I was seven the first time I went to school with white people. I think, yeah, I think the first time I met a white person, I was seven. And bro, that's when, the, that's when the bullshit started for real. Because that's when my identity issue started. I had no idea who the fuck I was. And they were not trying to help at all. <laughs> I spoke about this a little bit in my Ego Death episode. Um, where I said they called me Kristen for like months. And that was the name of the black girl that went to the school before me, like the year before. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck is Kristen? And I keep telling y'all I'm Kaya. And then I found out that that's who Kristen was. Um, they didn't even have the decency to differentiate the blacks. <laughs> like, ridiculous. And so trying to learn yourself at that time is impossible because I'm surrounded by people that see me as invisible. It's not gonna work. And then when we're doing history lessons and learning in that sense, it's just like, oh, we were slaves. Rosa Parks said no, MLK had a dream and then got shot. And it stops there. And then they pull out a book that has all types of N-words, every version of it, capital, the, the capital N, the hard R, you, you know, like everything in it. And that's what they expect you to consume as your identity. And it's so unfair. And I feel so bad for kids that don't have parents that are active in their education, because if I didn't, my identity issues would have been way worse because I wouldn't have known that there was more beyond that. Like, luckily my parents weren't with that shit. So like, they sent me to white school for those type of opportunities, you know? But at home, like, they really were not playing. So I still made, sh they made sure I still had a full cultural experience and I'm so thankful for that because that's like the only thing that kind of kept me somewhat grounded because these white people have me messed up, y'all. And to not even be able to have your name be said correctly when you already don't have anything but this name that your parents gave you, like that's the only thing you got to control was this name. Everything else is a reminder of a history of pain, trauma, labor, and bullshit. This is all you have. So to disrespect that is crazy to me. And I don't understand how white people don't understand. And when I say white people, I don't mean all y'all. I mean, you know the ones I mean. Them white people, I don't understand how there's no ability to see that importance. It just, it, I don't know, something doesn't click there. But either way, the fact that that's our first experience getting to know ourselves is very, it, it just explains a lot about the way we exist. Because if you tell somebody that they're a slave and that's all you ever tell them they are, and anyone that tries to become more than a slave gets shot and killed, well, what do you think you're creating? More complicit slaves, because I'm not trying to die. I just want a little money, a little land, a car, you know, an education since I have to. Like, I don't want that much because I don't want to become a target. And so, we get into this mindset of settling and just being comfortable instead of getting what we actually are owed because at least I'm alive here, right? Like at one point we were slaves and now we're not, right? Even though I will always argue that we are still slaves, it's changed formed. And I don't mean that in the sense of the physical enslavement. Obviously we don't have that, thank God. 
But the mental enslavement, the emotional enslavement, the spiritual enslavement, they are on our necks in every way. (laughs) And it's so bad that we don't even realize that it's happening because we're so used to it. It's like the entire world is on fire. So like you don't realize your house is burning because everyone's house is burning. So you can't tell until it's too late and it's burned. And then it's like, oh shit, it was kind of bad. And I'm afraid of what's gonna happen when we get to that point where it's like, yo, we've been putting up with absolute chaos for no reason other than the fact that we just accepted it. And it's easier said than done, obviously, because you can't just, you know, stop the world. Like, you can't just turn it off, right? Especially as individuals, you can't do that. As a collective, some shake a shake. But are we gonna get there? No time soon. So it's definitely not feasible, I understand that. But it's not impossible, so we can't rule it out. And this is so crazy, but this just came to my mind. Um, I've been listening to Mad Kanye lately. I blame my dad, honestly. I've never met somebody that loves Kanye West more than that man. And I have to hear him every single day (laughs) because of him. So he's been on my mind a lot. And one of the things, so Kanye, he says a lot of crazy shit. And he also says a lot of real shit. And I hate that people can't see duality so that they can accept the good things that he says and still reject the bad things. Like, but instead people just like, ah, cancel him, don't listen. But sometimes he's saying some shit. And I'm gonna push it there. At one point, He said that slavery was a choice. And I wanted to personally punch him dead in his shit. Like I was, I found that to be so offensive because what do you mean? Like I couldn't even put into words how angry that made me. I was pissed. I, that was a take that I'm like, Kanye, why the fuck would you say that? What came over you? And as time has passed, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Kanye was absolutely correct. And the reason he's correct is because slavery was indeed a choice. Look at Haiti. They decided I'm not gonna be your slave anymore. And what happened? The Haitian revolution. That didn't happen everywhere. Why? Because people everywhere didn't decide they didn't want to be slaves anymore. Now, I'm not saying it was easy because personally, I probably would have just had to take the L and do my best to be a good slave because I don't know if I would have been ready to die about it. But at the same time, I don't know what that would have been like and how fed up I would have been. And if I'm this fed up now, I might have been ready to die, actually. So I might have risked it. Who knows? But either way, I know that that's way more to ask for, then I can. And I don't blame my ancestors at all because I'm thankful that they were able to get through it, period. Like, there's no, I think people read it as like, he's blaming our ancestors and he's, you know, like, he's not addressing white supremacy, he's addressing the wrong people, he's addressing the victims. So I see the fault in that. I'm not saying that that's incorrect. What I'm saying is that technically there's no slavery without slaves. 
And if you choose to not be a slave, yeah, you might die about it. Yeah, you're probably going to experience an extreme amount of violence that I don't even want to describe. But the choice technically was there. And I think there is this fear of what could be, so we kind of just stay complicit because it just, if you see the way that America was formed, then it obviously has to end that same way. And that means that there's going to be an extreme amount of violence at some point. And nobody wants that. That's a lot. So I understand. And also, like, the amount that we're controlled by this government is crazy. We are so dependent on this government that they really could tell us to do anything, and we would do it. And even the people that be like, fuck the government, I hate the government, be the first ones to trust the government. <laughs> it's just, we are very dependent. So I also attribute that or contribute, whatever the word is. That is a direct cause of the fact that they hold the key to our identity for the most part. They control the way that we exist in society. They control the way that we're perceived by other people. They control the way we perceive ourselves. They even control what we go after in life. The amount of money we want, the types of things we want, the car we want to drive, the phone we want to have, the type of person we want social media to believe that we are, the type of body we want to have, you name it. They are in control of every single piece of it. And it's crazy because it's like, these are the same people that have been trying to destroy one race of people for centuries at this point. And we're so over it that we're just allowing them to. Um, there's just, there's that lack of confidence. And because of that, Black people often make our own limitations, especially Black parents. There's this idea that you have to do a certain thing. Like, you have to go to college, you have to become doctor, lawyer, anything that makes bread <laughs> and doesn't seem like a waste of time, whatever you can convince your parents of, that's what you're supposed to do. Mine was law for me. That was the route I was going. Um, it depends. Everyone's different. But you do that because your parents are afraid of what you could be because of the way white people have this shit set up. So they force you to do something that you don't really want to do. And let's say you're like an amazing artist. They might even disregard your art <laughs> because it doesn't seem as stable. And we're just taught to recycle that fear of existing throughout generations. Not because we don't think we can do it, but well, yeah, we do not think we can do it, but I don't think we look at it that way. I think we look at it as like, oh, I'm protecting my child. I'm giving them the best future possible. I'm giving them every opportunity because we're looking at the world through the way white people see it and through the way they want us to see it. 
and even through like as children the way we first learn about ourselves is through their eyes so we're not learning about us we're learning about what they think we are and we never get that opportunity to really start building that and then our parents start to be the ones that maintain that when we get older because they didn't get to do that and it just becomes this like vicious cycle of like not actually getting to express yourself and then people become mad judgmental like even now that people are like moving more like towards being supportive and community-based like people still look at people crazy that are like doing their own thing like it's still not really accepted to do things outside of the norm yet it's very much so peer pressure society still like that is what we operate on social media especially is doing a number on my generation and fortunately, a lot of people I know aren't really that affected by social media. Like, they're still, like, normal. But a lot of people have a sickness. Like, a lot of people treat celebrities better than they treat their friends. And these they don't know y'all. I just think that's really odd. <laughs> and then they push a certain lifestyle on you. And so once again, you're shooting to get money and bullshit because that's what they're saying is like cool right now so like right now everyone's wearing Dior um what's the popular thing even that like pose that stance that everyone's doing like everything catches on so quick like BBLs are in right now um what else is in there are just so many trends that just like all start from these celebrities who are promoting capitalism and hoarding of wealth, but then we also claim that we hate capitalism and we hate this country. But then people are praising the same people that are flaunting capitalism in your face. So I'm like, what? what is the truth? <laughs> what do we hate for real? Because I cannot keep up and I'm, I'm getting lost. Is it capitalism or do you just want more capital? Like, what are we actually fighting for? Because it seems like all they have to do is tweak the approach a tiny bit and we start to accept things that we claim we hate. I'm going to push the barrier really quick. This by no means expresses the way that I feel about vaccinations at all. I'm just pointing out the trend because right now the trend is get a vaccine, you post your vaccine card, right? First of all, when has anybody ever posted a vaccine card in their life? I've never seen that shit before. I've never seen anybody else's vaccine cards before until this year. I know so much about y'all medi y'all's medical history now. Like I've never known that before. That was not a thing. But then in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, but duh, it's like COVID. So people are posting it because they're excited because it means like, look, I'm about to go outside. Like, so then I understood that, but then I'm like, also, just the way that we're talking about medical care is so different than what it usually is. And I have to know that that comes from media influence because we're all consuming the same things. So, like, normally, like, when Black people are talking about the medical field, it's normally in the sense of, like, protect yourself, <laughs> 
we do not trust these niggas. Ask questions. They will hurt you. Do not trust them with your body. And right now, the scope is, no, trust them. We need to get out of here. Put your life in their hands. I'm not saying either case is wrong. I'm just pointing out both sides so you can see the duality of it. So we have, like, both groups. Normally, also, if you hear, like, clinical trial, black people will run the other way, right? <laughs> like, in any other circumstance, if you told me that these vaccines weren't out of their clinical trial period until 2023, I would be like, you're fucking ridiculous. Why would you inject me with that? But now, because everyone is getting injected, it's not weird for people to volunteer for a clinical trial. So it's like, the way that things are showcased and the way things become popular start to influence the way we normally do life. And so it's just so interesting to watch the way that like people's interests or like stances are changing on certain things because it's just a very big difference. And it's also like really cool to see the power of like influence like the power that social media has to encourage and to also like pro provoke emotion because like people are very passionate about their stance on, on these things. And I've seen some craziness on my TLs that I avoid. So I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all, like, what is going on? Um, but it's crazy to see the way that like your emotions are evoked by certain things. And so tying that also back into identity influence and just how we see ourselves the people that we don't trust the most are the ones that are influencing how we see ourselves these are the ones that are teaching our kids these are the ones that are cooking our food these are the ones that taught us our religion like does that not terrify you <laughs> because the more i think about it the more i'm like oh my god hold up <laughs> they did control pretty much every part of my identity for like ever almost and I'm still in that process of unlearning and figuring things out and finding out what's true. And it's so difficult, especially as a black woman, because our identity has just been targeted so many times. And I'm kind of making this, this is going to end up being long, so I'm going to try to make what I'm about to say short. But tying that influence thing back and also like the media, I started to realize that not only are they controlling the way we feel about certain things, but they're controlling when we feel it and how. And that's so frustrating because that's why I also just like don't watch the news because I feel emotions really quickly and seeing black people get killed the way we're getting killed is like not healthy at all. It's just not okay. It's hard to process. It's hard to sleep after trying to process it. Like I do not fuck with that shit. I just don't watch. I don't pay attention. I mute mad words, like I just do not engage. But there's some people that can't help but to engage. And I'm just thinking about like the mental turmoil that they're experiencing, because I'm experiencing it knowing that I'm not engaging, but knowing it's happening, but they're actually like seeing it actively all the time. And that is so damaging. And it's like, it happens almost cyclically, because at this point, like I, I said a few, episodes ago that we already know somebody else is going to get shot and killed and I think days later 
someone else got shot and killed and they were publicizing it on the news. I'm like, this happens like clockwork every year. And I'm not saying that that makes it any less important, but what I'm saying is that you have to be more mindful of the way news is being given to you, right? So for example, Breonna Taylor was killed in March. Things started getting heightened around June, right before Juneteenth. So then there's already like racial emotions that are high. And then throughout the summer, it's like carried with this racial tension. Everything's like popping off, like people are fearful. You go, there's like a little bit of a calm before the storm and then the fall period and you go into the trial. There's every year there's something, someone gets killed in the spring or they get killed right before the summer. We riot until the summer, it calms down. The trial starts to happen around election season. We continue like, and it's just always over and over again. And there are mad black people that are killed by the police. But the fact that they highlight the ones that they do the way that they do consistently is just so heartbreaking because it's like, we can't catch a break. Even the way that George Floyd's verdict gets read out and then of course, black people can't celebrate for more than 10 minutes because, ah, Micaiah gets shot and killed. Like, oh my gosh, a 16 year old little girl, are y'all dead ass? When Breonna Taylor got killed, y'all weren't reporting that for months, but this one y'all need to report the minute we're celebrating one victory, now we're sad again. It was just like, oh my gosh. Like the emotional roller coaster that black people are on constantly is just, it's so disturbing. And the fact that we're handling it, number one, shows how mentally strong we are. But it's also like, damn, we shouldn't always have to be this strong. Like we shouldn't always have to be on guard. We shouldn't always have to like be mindful of what's attacking our energy because there's always so much. And I'm just tired of like, being tired and I'm tired of having like to feel all these emotions and this outrage and for them to know about it because they're the ones reporting on it and they're still not doing anything about it like I just really I'm still not over the fact that they had a whole trial over something we saw on video that'll never sit right in my spirit like come on like y'all make exceptions and cut corners for every single thing else but in the moment where it was just very easy to serve justice and like not take us on this emotional roller coaster for no reason, y'all decide not to. Like, you had a video, bro. That shouldn't have even, it shouldn't have been that big of a deal. It should have been case closed immediately. Like there's no need to follow due process when you just saw somebody murder someone else. Everyone in the world saw it. Like I was, I'm just not over that. And I hate that that's what they make us spend our time focusing on. Like black trauma is in right now. It is in every genre. It is on the news everywhere. Like it's just so present. And I'm like, can we start talking about the black experience in any other way? I am literally begging anything else because this cycle of having our identity just like dragged through the mud like this and then we don't most of us don't have anything to tie back to when it comes to like culture before this so even like thinking about my family history it really does start with slavery for me like that's all I know from the beginning 
So like for that to be the beginning and this to still be my present, it's just very tiring and it does become hard to see past it. And so every day I have to remind myself that I'm limitless because all this shit is made up. And if they were able to do all of that and they're a human, then I can do that shit too. And if you needed a government to control this collective for this long, that means that there must be a lot of power that's present here. So I'm gonna start tapping into that and using it for my own benefit at least and for my people's benefit because it's like, we can only exist in slave mentality and victimhood for so long. And I'm tired of that having to be our reality. It's not our fault at all, but like once we become aware, then we have to get out of that and at least try to do as much as we can to change the narrative. Because right now it just, ugh, it's so sad. The, the black experience, when I think about it, there's a lot of beauty because of the amount of resilience that you can see, but it's also just really sad how broken we, we are. And we're better than we used to be, which is crazy. And we're still this broken. It's just wild to sit, when you sit and think about all the damage that's been done, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, all that, and really just like <laughs> tally it up, it's insane. And we're still going through stuff. And it doesn't look like it's looking up anytime soon. We had, we had a black president, highest form of power in the free world, quote unquote still didn't do shit so it's like obviously we can only do so much within a system and that's the disheartening thing is that we're going to keep trying to make the system work until we can't anymore and we're obviously very resilient so <laughs> we might be stuck here for a minute um yeah i gotta get out of here but that's all i have to say about identity and remembering who we are, media influence. I touched on celebrities a little bit. That's really the bulk of what I had to say. I'm probably gonna do a blog post about it because I prefer to write instead of to speak anyway. Um, so yes, that is all I have for this episode, but I'm happy that you guys made it this far if you did. Shout out to Bazzi for giving me that idea of we don't even know our names because uh, that is going to be the inspiration of so much it was the inspiration of this for me and i already started writing about it so thank you and yes i will catch you guys in the next episode bye